Hallelujah. So good to see everybody tonight. I know it's the first of January and lots of people doing lots of things, but thank you for your time. Those that had time tonight to come and spend time in the presence of the Lord. And of course, we don't dismiss those that are online. Thank God for you. Thank God for the vehicle of being able to watch a service like this here from wherever you are. It's truly a blessing from God. Thank God for technology. And thank God to all those people that we never see in services that make these services possible for everybody else. Can we bless them tonight in the name of Jesus? Come on, bless them real good. Hallelujah. You know, 2023, we really want to beef up our production around here and uh, get the voice out. We really have that in our hearts. It's been prophesied for so many years that the the voice will go far that god will raise the voice amplify the voice and and so really if you have a heart for production or you have knowledge in that area if you, you if you would see josh my son um he would really love to see you praise the lord because there's a lot happening up there amen and we need you to be happening with that amen so if you do have knowledge in that area amen or you have a heart to serve in the production uh department and you want to see Josh, just go along to guest services after service or after any service. They will point you in his direction, and he will meet you with a great big smile. Praise the Lord. Amen. Knowing that he's been waiting for you all his life. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Good to see everybody. If I didn't see you this morning or I haven't seen you over the last couple of days, happy new year. Amen. It's going to be explosive, exponential, exceeding all those great words. Amen. No matter, even if the ugly comes along, we know that God in his grace and mercy knows how to deal with that also. Amen. Why? Because we're more than conquerors. We can do all things through Christ which strengthens us. And we've been given that grace to deal with and bear up in, in strained or pressured times. Amen. So go with me to Isaiah 52. I'm staying on track. Praise the Lord. The Lord has been ministering to me about Psalm 23. I, I don't, you know, I'm not preaching out of it because it's year 23. I just think it's cute that the Lord has me in it. But it's what I've been in and it's what I've been praying and what I've been. And I really believe like what I asked you this morning, if you were to pray or to read Psalm 23 every day, I believe that by the middle of this year, you'll have a revelation on the shepherd. You know, we know him as Lord, and some know him as Jesus, and some know him as Master, some know him different ways, but do we really know him as the shepherd? Amen. And I, I just truly believe that there's a revelation that wants to come to us, amen, about the shepherd of our lives. He loves us. That word shepherd is roe, and it, it, it means more than just, um, you know, to lead the flock. It means companion or to be befriended by God. Isn't that beautiful? How many people know that's what Scripture says? We are a friend of God. But that's not to relegate our relationship with Him down onto an earthly, um, what would you say, a phileo level, you know, of just, you know, love between friends. No, no, no. It, it, we hold Him in His place. But really what He's offering us is that sweet, satisfying companionship that gives us communion with Almighty God through His Son, Jesus Christ. I love it. It is so amazing. This year, I believe that your relationship with the Lord is going to grow. Amen. How many people would receive that and in a deeper way, in a, in, a more, in a more beautiful way? You know, like what I said this morning, I'm a fighter. You know, it's the fight in Irish, all those different things. But through my job, what I did, you know, for 14 years from, you know, before I came into the ministry, you know, the policing in Northern Ireland was not normal. Um, there was us and there was Israeli um, police or the IDF, different organizations. And we probably, and we knew this at the time, were really trained in a way to deal with terrorism before the world really was exposed to it. If you'd have heard about terrorism, you would have thought about Northern Ireland or you know, all of those different things, or the situation in Israel. It wasn't really until 9-11 or till things took a turn 
that, that America really awakened to terroristic situations being in the homeland or being on our own soil. How many people knows that's the truth? But before that, you know, the job that I did, well, I was trained in a way to, to work. Um, it was, <laughs> I could say a lot about it, but I, I don't think there's things that I can say. But I was trained in such a way is that our, what you could say, stamina or stickability or hold was nurtured in ways. You weren't guaranteed nine to five. You had to be ready at any time. And they had to train you to be like that. These things just don't come by nature. You know that you just love to be wakened at 2.15 in the morning and put on, you know, your bottle clothes and let's go to it again. There's a training for this sort of thing. So it takes a while, but it eventually gets in you. I'm aware that the way that I minister and the way that I, some people call it apostolic, all of those different things, but, but I think it's to do with a lot of training, what the Lord had me train as so that I could help others go further, stay longer, Amen. go beyond themselves, and not settle for less, but always go for more. How many people believe that is a good thing? It's not comfortable, because when you're around someone that's always expecting more, that can, that can put you a little bit into, man, does he ever, you know, get off? Well, what I've learned over all these years walking with the Lord is the enemy is never going to back off. And what he loves is the unlearned and the untrained. And he loves to find a believer that's all fire one minute and all cold the next. He loves to find someone that can go just two days because he knows that they'll fizzle out by three. And so really what I believe that the church needs to come to a place of recognition is our stamina, our ability to stay the course to achieve more, even in times of pressure or unfavorable moments. It's easy in my job that I had, it was easy to be rah-rah with the boys in the barracks. But really, the proof of the pudding was when we had to leave the barracks and execute a job. That's when we saw what we really were, right? You've seen those t-shirts running around, you know, about sheep and lions and all of those different things. But truly a revelation has come to the body of Christ that in this building right now, we're a bunch of sheep, but when we leave, we're lions. We're not sheep in the workplace. We're actually representatives of the Most High God. We're ambassadors. That's why our character has to be honed. That's why we have to develop in character traits, in all of those different things. And, and, and one could say, well, you know, I just don't think that a pastor should minister on these things. Really, what we want is just a peppy message. We want as many lights as we can get in. We want just to kick out everybody's ears with as many subs as we can. But yet, what am I? And if the fight really came to my door, 
from, from darkness, can I rise to the moment to execute everything that I have learned? And if the fight went more than two days, do I have the stamina to go three? How many people's listening to what I say? Because what happens and what I've seen over all these years in churches is that we're brilliant, and, and I know that you're all a different breed, but just bear me out. We're, different, we're, we're brilliant in the church house. We know how to worship. We know how to say what we need to say. We know, we know all the right things to do at the right... You know, we, we, know, we know all the lingo. The lingo. But it's really when we go out there. And, and if you're anything like me, you've learned that the fight is not just for a day. There's attacks that comes against your minds that can last for weeks. And it wears on you and wears on you. But do you have in your spirit that fortitude that you've built in that is greater than the pressure that you feel naturally or in the flesh. And so we were trained in such a way in those days. It was, we were always training. I mean, there was more training than there ever was jobs. And it seemed that we were always going to train. And you would think that we could just relax if there was no job to do. But relaxation was very few and far between. Because somewhere, somewhere, some high, at some top level somewhere, knew that if we give the man and the woman too much time to lie around and think, they could be defeated before they leave the barracks. <laughs> and so they got us busy training and more training, and training, and more training. And just when you thought that you didn't want to run another mile, that's what you had to do. And so what you learned over a period of time is that your levels increased of what you thought you could not do now you realize you're doing with ease. I declare that over you this year. In the name of Jesus, I declare that over you. So there's a lot of people will come to us and say, I don't know how you keep up the pace. Well, I could turn around and say, I don't know why you can't. But yet, I know why. It's because of training. You say to me, this go 315, I'm with you, this go. Not a problem. It's sustaining it. <laughs> it's sustainability. That was a good word. I declare over you this year that you'll be able to stay longer go further. And if you're under pressure, it's just God producing in you the fortitude, the character that is needed for this day and this hour that we live in. Because Satan's not coming to play. He's coming to rob you of your future, to rob you of your destiny. It's the most amazing thing that, that you get a word from the Lord and you step out on that word, and it's all guns for a period of time. Praise God. It's going to do this. We're going to do that. And then all of a sudden, what you stepped out on is tested. That's right. How many people know this? Yes. It's tested. You'll be tested in your thought processes. You'll be tested in all these things. Why did you do it? Two months ago, you were 
so determined. And now your mind is filled with what are we going to do? 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 It's amazing what the enemy will try to do. I remember the enemy even coming to me when we moved here after a period of time. And he would speak like it was God. He masquerades as an angel of light. And he would say things like, go home to Ireland. You missed it. And my flesh would be like, I would like to do that. Because everything that we knew was familiar. Our family, everything was there. A beautiful home on acres of land, acreage of land. And here we are in another land. And we've told everybody it was the Lord who sent us here. <laughs> and yet I'm hearing this voice, go home to Ireland. But you see, I tested that voice. And I knew that God is not the one who plays games. He said, I know the voice of him. And the voice of a stranger, I will not follow. Do you know that Philip Renner came to me time after that and said to me, Pastor, I've been hearing these voices saying, go home to Russia. Go home to Russia. And I said, Philip, I know that voice. And that is not the voice of God. And he says, I know it's not, Pastor, but it's real. And I said, I know it's real. So that's why we need to be trained. Now, a revelation of the shepherd is coming to us and a revelation of what it is to be the army of the Lord. I believe this with all my heart. I don't believe we have to put on fatigues and boots and start marching around. Praise the Lord. I think that's a little extreme. Some people like all that stuff, but that's not what I believe the Lord wants. What I do believe he wants is to allow ourselves to grow. To not fall apart like we used to. <laughs> and not cave under pressure. Hallelujah. Well, let me say the benediction and let's go home. That was a, that was a really good word. As I have 52, let's take a look at this. Now, we're in Psalm 23, but I want to go here. Awake, awake, put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth there shall be no more come into you, the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake yourselves from the dust. Arise, sit erect in a dignified place of Jerusalem, and loose yourselves from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter, O Zion. For thus says the Lord, you were sold for nothing, and you shall be redeemed without money. For thus says the Lord God, my people went down at first into Egypt to sojourn there. And many years later, Sennacherib, the Assyrian, oppressed them for nothing. Now I delivered you from both Egypt and Assyria. What then can prevent me from delivering you from Babylon? I'd like you to underline that. I believe we're going to see a lot of that this year in the name of Jesus but now what have I here says the Lord seeing that my people have been taken away for nothing those who rule over them how with joy says the Lord and my name continually is blasphemed all the day long I have never in my lifetime heard such blasphemy there are people even today, celebrities that are openly blaspheming God. They're not hiding it. They are literally full frontal lambasting God. We're in days where the restraint, ladies and gentlemen, is really being taken away and the filter has serious holes in it. But these things are being spurned on by devils, demons, we, the church, are shaking ourselves and rising. And the light will shine on in the darkness. 
And a lot of people, I tell you, this year are going to find themselves swept gloriously into the kingdom of God. How many people believe that? I believe it. A sweeping of souls this year. A sweeping of souls this year. A sweeping of souls. You're going to see more mockery against God. You're going to see this blasphemy against God. And you're going to have to have a strong constitution. We can't just play our little pat -a cake church thing. We can't put on just our little church face and our little holy, our holy little club thing. We're going to have to stand like lions in the workplace. We're going to have to stand there fierce in the midst of this oppression. And know that God in his power is operating deliverance through us in the mighty name of Jesus. Great deliverance is coming. I'll say it one more time. Great deliverance is coming. Great deliverance is coming. I'm going to say it again. Great deliverance is coming. <laughs> but now, what have I here, says the Lord? Seeing that my people have been taken away for nothing, therefore, verse 6, my people shall know what my name is and what it means. Therefore, they shall know in that day that I am he who speaks. Behold, I am. How beautiful. Look at this in verse 7. This is the one we know, the verse we know. But look at it in context with everything else. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good tidings, who publishes peace, who brings good tidings of good, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. I want you to shout it out. Our God. Come on, do you believe that? Our God reigns. Now, our love walk is what's going to set us apart, truly. To stand in the face of blasphemers. His love is fierce, ladies and gentlemen. It's just not a song. His love is fierce. And you will see his love rise this year. I believe it with all of my heart. Hallelujah. Verse 8 says this, Hark, your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they sing for joy. They shall see eye to eye the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth joyously. Sing together, you waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has made bare his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations, revealing himself as the one by whose direction the redemption of Israel from captivity is accomplished, and all the ends of the earth shall witness the salvation of our God. It's so powerful. And so, Father, we just agree tonight that the work that you're doing within us is beautiful and is powerful. And so, Father, we just thank you for oh, the sensitivity of knowing, Father, of the work that you're about within us, Father, the shaping, the shaking. Father, even those things that we were so sure of, and yet things come, Father, to test it, to test our resolve, to test our our assurance. You speak, Father, we respond. You're so good. But yet, Father, when you get us where you want us, then, Father, the work begins. And the work begins within us, Father, more than it does outside of us for such a period of time. You're so good. You know, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about this building, and I've been so wanting to get to the aesthetics of the building, to make the building look so pretty. But yet we've spent hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars on things that you would never see 
things that we knew about, some things that we didn't know about, and things that we have yet to find. There are miles and miles and miles of pipes. Miles. We think we have about every pipe sort of looked at, but just when you think, you know, it's like you decorate one room in your house, and then the rest of the house looks like it really needs help. It's the same with this. But even in my dialogue and my debate with the Lord and my process and Lord, you know, I really would love to get to the aesthetics. I really would love to get to the place where people can see things. And the Lord reminds me, he says, that's the same with you, Paul. There's so much pipe work that needs attended to. There's so much internally that I need to deal with but yet you want to dress yourself up and look good and be aesthetically pleasing even if your pipe work is rotten. And so if you think we're being a little tardy around here, you know, making this building look pretty, believe me, we are not. We're just making sure that everything is, that is hidden is dealt with so that we can truly enjoy what we see in this building when we can get there. Can I have a big amen? There's a lot of work forecast for this year and a lot of, a lot of things we've been, we've been working at. We've been dealing with a company who works with uh, bringing the building um, energy, bringing everything up to scratch. It's going to be a lot of changes in different areas, but, uh, we just give God praise for these people that are, that are so learned in these areas that can, that can take a 50-year-old building and make it energy efficient. How many people knows that is the wisdom of God? How many months of this, has this been going on, these talks with this company? Nine months. So we just sit around here and twiddle our thumbs, you know. Nine months. But praise the Lord, we're, we're getting there. Can I have a big amen? amen? So look at your neighbor and say, your pipes are being worked at. Praise the Lord. And <laughs> Hallelujah. Those, those inner things that truly are necessary. <laughs> praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Go with me to Psalm 23. <laughs> Isn't it good? Praise the Lord. Is, um, is Carlos here? Carlos, could you come and play, please? Hallelujah. Doesn't Carlos do a good job? Yeah. Praise the Lord. All of these musicians, make sure you encourage them. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So look at this in Psalm 23. And so, Father, we just thank you for the revelation of your name. You said in Isaiah 52 that, Father God, we will know your name. We will know your name. We will know your name. <laughs> we will know. Did Carlos leave the building? Hallelujah. Is your name Elvis? <laughs> Psalm 23 says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. And surely goodness and mercy shall follow me two days of my life. How many days? Praise the Lord. 
Is goodness and mercy going to follow you tonight on your way home? Yes. Praise the Lord. Is it going to get into bed with you? Yes. Praise God. It's going to get up with you. It's going to go to work with you. Hallelujah. The message translation says this, God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You've bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through death's valley, I am not afraid. When you walk at my side, your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my dripping head, my cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. Isn't that good? Psalm 23 in the Amplified says this, The Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, to shield me. There he is. Hallelujah. I shall not lack. He makes me lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. He refreshes and restores my life, myself. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. This is a just weight. It's truth. And it's moral. I declare over you, in a year, in a time that we live, that you will not have your morals screwed up Amen. by the pressures of this life. What you would never have accepted years ago. Please don't become acceptable. This is what's happening. It's happening a perverse generation but it's happening in the church things that we would never have said yes to not even preachers are ministering it I refuse it I pay a cost for that I, I pay a price for that but you know the scripture that has really been coming to me over and over and over is to bless those that persecute you. Amen. How many people receive that tonight? Don't drop your moral. Even if it happens in your family, something, your children, it turns out wrong. Don't drop your moral standard just to make your child acceptable. Your child is always accepted in the beloved. Sometimes they make wrong choices, but you still don't drop your moral standard to make it okay that your child does what they do. No, they need to still know that mom and dad have a standard and that mom and dad and the pastor will not drop his or her standard to meet the level of what the people want or the way they want to live. This is an extraordinary place. How many people know that? We have truly in this hundreds of a concentration of people that truly love the Lord and have really pushed into a place in God. We're not looking to get away with things that are wrong. If we do wrong, thank God we have the advocate with the Father. Thank God we've always a means of escape. Thank God we've always an opportunity to plead the blood and get ourselves in right standing with the Lord by grace. So beautiful. But yet Scripture does say that anyone that truly loves God does not want to do wrong. <laughs> I'm going to do that one more time. Because he said, if you really love me, you will keep my commandments. I've ministered to so many people over the years, and I've asked people these questions. Why do you want to be so close to the edge? Why do you want to just skirt 
the edge of the church so close to the world. I don't want to be anywhere near the edge. That's like saying, I'm, I, I'm happy with being at the gates of heaven. You're really far off from the throne. He didn't seat you at the right-hand side of the gate. He seated you at his own right hand on the throne. So why would you want to be at the gate when he brought you on into the throne? So why would you want to be at the edge of the church flirting with the world when he brought you so far away from it into the kingdom of his dear son? And his love. So he said, if you love me, if you really love me, you will keep my commandments. Isn't that the truth? Now, Pastor Paul, that's a hard word. That's like, it's not a hard word. You know why it's hard? It's because the church world, especially the preachers, brought things to such a low standard that now if we even try to lift the bar, <coughs> People scream. They scream that we are not understanding. But let me tell you, I'm understanding. But what you want me to do is you want me to call your sin a problem. But that is the problem. You won't recognize that it's sin. And you excuse yourself by saying you have a problem. But the moment that one recognizes that it is sin, the problem is removed. And the issue and the root can be dealt with. It is the recognition that one truly still needs a savior, a redeemer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many people like the first part of this service better than the second? <laughs> you say, but Pastor Paul, you, you just live it. It's so impossible. It's not. Then what you're saying is that the grace is not powerful enough to help you live the life that God gave you to live. His blood is so powerful. I'm going to say it again. His blood is so powerful. Whoa! His blood is so powerful. Yes, you are of an older generation. Steady on. I'm just getting to the good stage of life where I've tried a few things and realized that I was an idiot. <laughs> For even thinking that I knew more than someone that was older than me that have lived life. Whatever happened to the honor of gray hair? <laughs> Pastor, you have no hair. <laughs> this little bit here. So that I can prove I've still got it. The Lord is good. Come on, lift your hands and just say, I'm going to make it. Praise the Lord. Oh, pray in the Spirit with me right now. Just pray in the Spirit. So many of you have dreams and plans, and my God, you're just burning with potential. You have things in your heart that no one else has done, and you need to do it. You need to do it. And the question is, how are we going to do it? You're going to do it the same way you've always done things, by faith, by the grace and by the mighty hand of God. Just don't tell people. I remember what God told Brother Copeland. I've never forgot it. And I wish to God at times I kept my mouth shut. God told him, he said, find out the will of God for your life. Number two, Tell no one about it. And number three, get it done at all cost. 
We're so busy trying to tell people so that they might help us. <laughs> but if God has told you, then it is doable. I know this is for somebody tonight. It is doable. Because the most firm, firm thing that's operating in your life right now is the word of Almighty God. And it is the foundation that you can step upon. For Peter stepped out of that boat, ladies and gentlemen, not onto water, but onto the word come. They say he walked on the water. He walked on the word. When Jesus said to Peter, the moment he, he said, come, everything went firm. There was no way that Peter was going, faith leaps forward, lays hold, takes hold. And everything in between comes against you to rock you, to stop you. What would have happened if all the disciples had launched out of the boat? See, that's what I'm saying. It's always people like me that looks like the weirdo. But what if we all were to jump out and say, I believe this is doable. I don't know how lots of this is going to happen, but I know what the Lord said. But I know that he's among those who will help me. The Lord told me that very clearly. Psalm 118, I am among those who will help you. In other words, I will bring those that know how. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't build with people that don't have bricks. I'll try that one more time. You can't build with people that don't have bricks. A dream produces nothing. Unless a man by faith puts his hand to it and others come with the necessary skill set to produce it. I pray over you right now that your dream shall become a reality in the name of Jesus, that God is bringing the necessary help to you to produce what it is that God has told you. Come on, guys. Believe this. Believe with me. Believe with me for here as I believe with you for what you're doing. Your business, your ministries, whatever it is that God has asked you to set your hand to, the right people are coming. Oh, the right people are coming along. I'm going to declare it again. The right people are coming along. You know, sometimes, you know, I feel like, you know, Paul, by now you should have 10 million sitting in the bank. Well, you know, I can reflect that Jesus didn't have 10 million sitting in the bank. Or he would never have sent Peter to catch a fish with money in his mouth to pay taxes. So if Jesus had a had it sitting in an account, there never would have been the need for the miracle yeah. Yeah. with the coin in the fish's mouth. That's right. That's right. I believe in good stewardship, but when it comes to the kingdom of God, there is so much that it needs to be done that it's going to take a supernatural miracle to bring to pass all that God has put in your heart. We receive this tonight in the name of Jesus. We receive it. Joseph and Mary didn't have the money. Or the, the Magi would never have had to come. I, you can say Joseph was a successful carpenter. But he didn't have what he needed to take his family to Egypt. Or the Magi would not have been needed. But yet the Father in his wisdom sent wise men to assist Mary, Joseph, and Jesus with gold, frankincense, and myrrh that their time in Egypt was not a time of hurt but a time that they could live in comfort while the trouble passed. <laughs> wow. 
Come on, shut it out. God's got this, guys. Come on, shut it out. God, from your insides, God's got this. All it takes is one word from God. All it takes is for one person to show up and say, God sent me. And this is what I have. This is what I offer. I declare that over your lives in the name of Jesus. I really believe it with all my heart. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I was speaking to Pastors Joel and Evie um, in Manchester when we were there. And I was just saying, you know, we were talking about things the Lord had laid on our hearts. And, and I said, I really believe that this year, I want you to receive this. I really believe that this year, in these ensuing years, there's something going on. That there's something about putting past, saving, yeah. not spending everything. Receive this right now. There's something about a preparation that is going on of a, of a mustalenga sign. The Lord's ministering to me and ministering for you that bills that you have need to be paid this year. Debts that you have need to be cleared this year. I'm going to try this section over here. Don't go into your mind with this. Stay in the spirit right now. Things that you can sort, sort them in the name of Jesus and begin to lighten the load of debt from your life. Start putting money aside. Money a I said this. You can put twenty dollars in a safe. And go back in three years and it's still $20. But I believe there's wisdom that wants to come. That we can take that $20 and make it more. That in three years it has increased. Uh, receive this now. But God's going to bring the necessary know-how. God's going to bring even the learned in this area. But you're going to have to be disciplined, dedicated to stay the course and not be tempted to spend what you don't have. Lift your hands right now. I, honest, I see it. I've been seeing it in the spirit. Great accumulation of wealth. Great accumulation of wealth. Great accumulation of wealth. Ah, uh, I've been. Ah, uh, I've been seeing it great accumulation of wealth and the Holy Spirit will minister and first it will come in your heart and then it will come to the forefront of your mind that it won't just be something that you just had a thought about but it will become a reality 
of a plan that will be executed to bring tremendous increase in the name of Jesus. I declare that your 20s are going to increase in Jesus' precious name. Yes, have some in a safe. I believe that's wisdom to have cash on hand. But it's time for the wisdom to see money work for each and every one of us. How many people believe this tonight? Peresi karato taranasa. Peresi akarato varamenisai. Grengi kesira kupur kedaini. You see, it's perfect. The shepherd brings perfection. Why? Because he is the perfect God. The Lord is the perfect God. The shepherd is the perfect keeper. To not want means perfect satisfaction. That he makes me means he is the perfect director. To lie down means that he gives us perfect rest. Green pastures is perfect supply. To lead me means perfect guidance. Still waters means perfect peace. Restore means perfect restoration. My soul means perfected self. Paths of righteousness means perfect holiness. Namesect is the perfect object. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it is perfect trust. Fear no evil is perfect protection. With me is perfect companionship. Thy rod is perfect defense. Thy staff is perfect help. Comfort me, perfect solace. Preparest perfect provision. Table, perfect food. Before me, perfect presence. In presence of enemies, perfect safety. Anoints my head with oil, perfect anointing. Cup runs over perfect joy, surely perfect assurance, goodness perfect benevolence, mercy perfect compassion, follow all my days perfect life, dwell perfected home in the house of the Lord forever, perfect destiny. I declare this over you in the name of Jesus. God's got this. God's got you, and the best is manifesting in our lives. In Jesus' precious name, welcome to a year of preparation. Welcome to a year of training. Welcome to a year of raising the bar. Welcome to a year of whether you feel comfortable or not, God is growing you. Please don't buckle under the pressure. Rise. Think about that airplane. What it takes to get that plane off the ground. The gravity, the law of lift. Think about the science behind it. It's an amazing thing. And all the thousands of miles that Karen and myself, my family flew last year. We arrive at an airport. We get in a tube. We don't know anything else other than what is our surroundings. We don't know what's going on in the cockpit. We don't know what's going on in the air traffic control. All we know is that we got in that tube in one place. And the next thing, a few hours later, we get out of that tube in another place. And we really never take into consideration everything that it took for us to arrive somewhere. There's a whole lot more going on around you. You got into God's plan. You may be aware of your immediate surroundings, but you have no idea what's going on around you 
in what it's taking to get you to your destination. Isn't God faithful? We can trust Him. We can enjoy the journey. But everything takes faith. It takes faith to get on an airplane. Because I don't know the pilot. I don't know if he's a good one or a bad one. All I know is I bought a ticket to somewhere. The rest, I'm at the mercy of. And really, today's world, with the way the airline industry is, it takes faith to fly. And that's the truth. So fly on, little bird. A great day awaits every single one of us. But don't blame another man for holding back your destiny. I'll say that one more time. Don't blame another man for holding back your destiny. If God had placed you in a business and you're working under a leadership that possibly puts you under pressure to do more, to do better, thank God every day that God didn't put you with people that don't expect anything better of you. You must thank God that when God puts you with people that expect better of you, you're in good company. Can I have a big amen? That's a good word tonight. I'll say it again. It's a good word tonight. So when people expect more of you, that's where the pressure comes, right? Because we just want to be what we always are. And we want everybody else to fix it. Everybody else to sort it. And if I've got no money, would you please pay for it? It's time. <laughs> it's so beautiful. How many people are going to like what you see by the end of this year? Well, let's just spend a couple of minutes thanking the Lord right now. Hallelujah. If you have no money in your bank account, you're going to have money in your bank account by the end of this year. Come on, just give me a couple more minutes. If you're visiting tonight, welcome to church. Praise the Lord. We're not that bad. Don't judge us just on the one night. Give us another shot. Praise the Lord. Come on. Come on, thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him for the next month. Thank Him for what January will produce. Thank Him for what February holds. Thank Him for what March is going to bring. Thank Him for what April is going to produce in our lives. Thank Him. Thank him. Thank him. Don't ever forget this. God's working with your prayers. And if you ever prayed a prayer, God, give me a business or use me in the ministry or use me for your glory. Let me produce heaven on earth and... I can tell you right now, you're going to be squeezed like an orange. (laughs) And you're going to squirt juices everywhere. And you're going to cry a while, and you're going to think it's everybody else's fault, and you're going to blame everybody for the way that you feel. I just don't know why God put me with that person. I don't even like them because you prayed. (laughs) And if God put you with someone like you, you would never grow. You would cut each other to pieces with frustration. That's why when you marry, You usually marry opposites. And you have differences. You really don't marry the same. How many people know that? How many people have learned that? 
How many people woke up to a nightmare? <laughs> oh, brother, she was brought into your life to shape you up. Praise the Lord. How many men know that's the truth? Praise the Lord. We give him praise. Are you ready to give on to the Lord? This should be a good offering tonight. That was a, that was a hearty meal I gave you right there. <laughs> now, if you want, to get, you want to get McDonald's type of preaching, you know that you're going to pay McDonald's prices. But if you want a good steak that you get here at Millennial, then you're going to have to pay, you're going to have to pay steak prices. Good grass-fed steak. Free from hormones and nitrates. <laughs> Listen, you shouldn't be eating meat if, if, if it's not grass-fed and free from nitrates and all those different things and hormones. That was the best thing I said all night, right there. I tell you right now, he said, I can't afford to eat that, then fast. Temple of the Holy Ghost. I declare a revelation hits us. We're going to live long and live strong in the land that the Lord thy God has given us. In the name of Jesus.